0: Saturday, November 19th, another episode of Vodka Soda Happy Hour, brought to you by For With The Open Field. As always, follow on SoundCloud, that is SoundCloud.com, backslash HappyVSoda, SoundCloud.com, backslash HappyVSoda, same spot on iTunes, Vodka Soda Happy Hour, and follow the accounts, The Open Field, The Open Field, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Mike, on the line again today with his brother Ryan, talking some more NBA, uh, before we get into that, I just want to kind give a, a note on why we've been doing so few of these, I'm looking for an East Coast uh, host, because Mike and I, being on a separate coast, have been struggling to keep a schedule, so that's why they've been intermittent, but they will be back in full force soon. Let's do it. Hello, hello. Surprise, surprise, another edition of Vankasota Happy Hour. This is another guest appearance by Ryan Fowler, Mikey's little brother. What's up, Ryan? How you doing, man? What's
1: going on, man? I'm doing great. It's good to be back. Good to be talking basketball again. <laughs> so we got three weeks in the bags, man. Three weeks of the NBA. First of all... Take a, take a step back and look at it. What I know. are going
0: to talk about? First of all, me and you wait year over year over year, offseason after offseason, waiting for the NBA season to kick off.
1: Yes, it's my favorite time of the year. No one understands it besides you, but I can live with that.
0: Dude, it's just the feeling of going to your television every night at eleven if you haven't seen anything, and just like and just seeing what like, happens.
1: Well, not for you. Oh no, it's still for you. Yeah, except for you, it's eight.
0: It's the right
1: by eight, by, 8, by, 8, by eight p.m. You know what's going on.
0: I know, but isn't that? I just love that feeling. I love the feeling of the NBA being back. Like I love randomly seeing that like kid Gilchrist went for like twenty five one night, and i will be like, I'm Yo,
1: not far, I up fifty.
0: Okay. How about this? The other night when Wiggins went for forty, did, what? Where were you when you first saw that?
1: I think I was sitting in like the lower commons of my like dining hall, and I got a text message notification. I was like, <laughs> "Andrew Wiggins just dropped a career high, I guess."
0: And that's the best feeling in the world, though.
1: Dude, I've been following Demar Derozan just like in class because I just look at his stats and he still is averaging thirty-five.
0: <laughs> he has another thirty tonight too.
1: He's stupid. He needs to stop.
0: Yo. Please, everybody, dive into the open field archives and read a long form I wrote about Demar Derozan's long mid-range jump shot.
1: It's the best one in the NBA. It's literally Dwayne Wade, except he can actually jump off his knees,
0: and he shoots from just the top of the key, extended, right before the three-point
1: line. I say, say I've never, I literally never saw him play until the playoff series against Cleveland, and that's the only place he shot from. <laughs> I'm talking 15 to 18 shots from that one area.
0: Automatic. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, he hits him every time. It's
0: dumb. Alright, sorry. So, where were we? Um, This is dumb. This is how it's going to be. This is me and my brother talking basketball. This is what the whole friggin' open field was founded from. The idea that the people around us are very talented and know what they're talking about. Ryan is one of them. So, if you hear me say that we know the NBA and you've made it 2 minutes and 35 seconds into this podcast, stick with us. This is going to be a good one. So, what we're doing today, Ryan, like I explained before... I asked you, and I came up with five different surprises so far three weeks into the NBA season. Yeah. We had a lot of statistics prepared last week. The recording did not work. It does not matter. We are a low-budget operation. Um,
1: We can adjust.
0: We can can adjust. adjust. So we moved it back to three weeks, and we adjusted our stats accordingly, and we're ready to go. What I wanted to do is first we go through each of the five things that that we feel are the most surprising so far, not exactly the most like iconic or biggest stories, but the things we find the most surprising. And then we want to ask if that's sustainable or not. And then we'll just see where that takes us, I guess. I mean, I've talked enough basketball with you to understand what's going on. So what did you come yep. up with first as your first thing that the NBA is surprising us with this year?
1: Well, my first thing that the NBA is surprised me with is just basically Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans in total. I mean, look at them. What are they supposed to do? Anthony Davis is literally alone down there. Do you think they're (laughs) going to make a free agency splash? Do you think they're going to make a trade? Tim Frazier is the future, man. I heard rumors of Russell Westbrook to New Orleans.
0: All right, listen, if that happened, I don't think it's going to happen. New Orleans doesn't have nearly the assets to pull that off. If that happened, I would watch every night. I would buy League Pass.
1: Dude, I'm not even kidding you. Russell Westbrook is the only thing that team needs.
0: If they had Russell Westbrook, they're like Western Conference favorites.
1: By far. It's just because Anthony Davis is literally every other.
0: <laughs> MVP doing this. And, and that's going to do enough to get him to all, all NBA first team. I don't think he can win yeah. MVP. He can't win MVP.
1: No, nah, there's not a chance he can win MVP unless he moves, which he can't because he just signed the most expensive contract ever.
0: Ever. So he's not going to move. Um, looks like him and Russell are both stuck in situations that I think we're going to keep having this talk for a couple of years.
1: And then nothing's ever really going to happen. Well, the
0: cap's going to jump. So that does free up. Yeah. Hard.
1: Things will get creative around there. But anyways, so okay. what was your first point? My
0: first point, speaking of MVP, speaking of guys having incredible years, James Harden. Can he win the MVP? He's averaging thirty, thirteen, and eight, with that thirteen number being like twelve point eight, whatever, in assists. He's leading the MVP ru- leading the MVP or NBA in assists, and right now he's the MVP.
1: By far. And he's running the one just out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> they are right now six and four.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's leading the league in assists, leading his team in points, top five in the NBA in points, and he's got eight boards a game as a two. Uh, can he sustain this, first of all? Because D'Antoni does run the system. It's, it's Maury Ball. They're going to keep playing fast all year. Can he keep these numbers up?
1: I honestly think he could because James Harden plays his way no matter what is going on on the court, and he always can play safe so that he can play for longevity. You know what I mean? Like yeah. He's always going to be able to keep doing what he does. When he's
0: tired, you kind of get a glimpse of who he's going to be when he's like 35. Where he'll like um, yeah. he'll come off a screen, he'll catch it, and he'll like jab step and then just shoot. So he has to put all of his effort into like one jab step.
1: <laughs> yeah, people don't realize James Harden's a fat guy. Like he's fat. <laughs> have you ever seen him with his shirt off? He's just a pudgy little black dude.
0: <laughs> Is he he's it's not funny. fat. He's no way. Yeah, that's why he um he Look had up, the, Brandon. what did he have? He had the uh the Olympic off season, so you know those guys usually have good years
1: afterwards. All right, let me see him. <laughs> it's, I thought it was I thought it was James Harden, but it's Dwayne Wade. Oh, dude, James Harden's fat.
0: No, he's not.
1: Look it up right now. He literally he has the same stomach as you. I'm not even getting
0: it. Well, then then I feel bad for him. <laughs> All it's right, so good hey, for you. <laughs> it's that it, that's actually great news. Um, second point on my list. I'll go. We'll do a little serpentine here. Oh, look at that. Clippers have the best defense in the NBA. It's not close.
1: It still is, too, a week later from when we had that.
0: It's not even close still. Um, so it's just another week adding to the point. They are currently 10-1 and leading the Western Conference and the best record in the NBA because the Cavs have one less game. But they're 10-1. and My question to you is, can they sustain their record as one of the premier defensive teams in the NBA?
1: I think that their defense is going to slip up because they're winning every game by 16 points. That's their difference right now in points per game for wins. 16. Like, are you kidding me with that? They're, aver- they're letting-, letting up 92 points a game, but that's going to slip up. And then they're going to go back to being the Clippers that are just going to go all all offensive. Doc Rivers will be happy again. And then they won't be cranky. Then they'll get bounced in the second round. That's my season for the Clippers.
0: Right <laughs> oh, my God. If that happens, I'll be so sad.
1: You can see it happening, though, because it's happened every year.
0: I love that team. I really like what everyone they have.
1: Everyone that team. They, everyone just wants them to win. Just at least get to the finals.
0: Oh, and, and we keep having this whole discussion year after year about the Clippers. Like, they're going to keep it together for one more year. We're going to keep it together for one more year.
1: That's been going on since 2012.
0: <laughs> and you keep saying to yourself, they have a good front court and a good point guard. Like, they don't need a dynamic wing scorer. You know what I mean? Like they don't they, even, they don't they
1: always seem to have a bench. They just have everybody other's bench player on their bench at all points.
0: And so they're getting all like the headlines right now for being the deepest team in the NBA, the this, the that. And I just keep saying to myself like are they going to revert back to the norm? Slip up, finish with like 2 seed, play the Spurs in the second round and lose again.
1: I could honestly see it happening, but like I'm praying it doesn't.
0: I because they.
1: I really. am. Happens, this is this this is the last year. There's no way around it. This I is promise like the you, last year right?
0: For the Clippers. Right. I promise you. I've said that for three years. <laughs> and all right, I'll, I'll give you something right now. If we're talking on November 10th, five days ago, next year, and this fucking core is together, and they lost in the second round of the playoffs this year, and and I'm saying the same thing or if you can even make the point of the same thing, I will literally never watch another basketball game in my entire life.
1: I will give up on the NBA. I'll move on.
0: <laughs> that is when I will realize that this is just a broken fucking record and I'm dumb enough to watch it over and over.
1: Yeah. I. If that happens, like just record it. like Save this in the archives and we'll talk about it.
0: Okay. The reason I ask that is because I do think that this is the year they break through. I think that they have the defense and the depth and I do actually think that they beat the Spurs and or whoever the hell they run into, it more than likely will be the Spurs. And mm-hmm. and they, I think that they get over that little mini hurdle, and then uh, and that speaks more to the Spurs to me than the Clippers, but I think that they get over that little mini hurdle and then they lose to the Warriors, and then we do it again, but they made it a little farther.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, think that, I can see that happening.
0: And I can see it being a, a product of their defense. So I do think that this is going to sustain as one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. What is your second point?
1: My second point is Dwight Howard and the whole entire Atlanta Hawks roster. What's going on in Atlanta?
0: You love Dwight, don't you?
1: I'm all on Dwight Howard. He's my favorite player in the NBA right now.
0: (laughs) Okay, that was like a 180 from when we recorded a month ago.
1: I can't even deny it. I've been watching him play like almost every night because for some reason I have every NBA station. I can watch every game. And he's literally playing incredible. Like He's finally playing like to the Dwight that you would see training with all the old school stars. Like he's literally finally doing what everyone wanted him to do.
0: And that's why like when we first talked, I remember I I wanted to run through the Hawks roster with you.
1: And we were just going to make fun of it.
0: Well, that was what I felt at the beginning of the year, and now that I look at it, when you go through their like points leaders and stuff, they can play inside and out. So they, they anchor around Dwight, but they have yeah. they have guys like Baysmore, Tim Hardaway Jr., Corver, Paul Millsap, mm-hmm. Muscala, Schroeder, Mike Scott, Cephalosha, Tiago Splitter. They have pros.
1: They have guys that you recognize.
0: They have professional basketball players at every position.
1: That's rare. There's no no no-name scrubs on that whole roster.
0: And Millsap is the perfect complement to Dwight Howard.
1: I said he is the most important player on his team that averages under 20 points in the NBA.
0: He'll never average more than 20.
1: And it's crazy because, like, he is the same level of importance as all the other, like, 25, 26-a-game guys, but he just does it at 18. <laughs> I don't know how he makes it work, but it does.
0: And he compliments whoever he's with. So if he's with a guy like Muscala in the post or, or whoever can spread it or whatever, he mm-hmm. will dump his body in the post and he'll start to work a little bit.
1: If he's with Dwight, he'll space it out around him. Yeah,
0: he recognizes what's going on. He's like Mesut Ozil. I made this in the comparison last
1: week. He honestly just sits back and plays where he needs to play. Right.
0: He sees a left midfielder make a run to the middle, he'll fill the left midfield space and then wait for that guy to recognize and fill his own space.
1: Paul Millsap is one of those rare guys that is comfortable touching the ball at, at every single spot on the floor.
0: My sneaky like, best coach of this generation to come out of it could be Paul Millsap.
1: You think? You think he just is one of those guys that can just put it together and tell other people how to do it?
0: I think he understands the game at a level that not a lot of guys do.
1: Because you, he, the only reason you can say that is because he's been doing nothing, really, but he's been doing so well for so long. Those are the guys that just understand the game. That's the guys you have no idea what they're doing.
0: Right. And it's like every year when the fans vote, he doesn't get in. And then when the players vote, he's like automatic he, number one.
1: He's like the first person in.
0: Every year for the All-Star Game. And what I tell you, what I'm asking you basically is like you've played enough pickup to know that everybody recognizes when there's a guy like that after like 10 games. If you've played ball with the same 10 guys for 10 games, you kind of recognize who that Millsap is. Like the smartest player.
1: exactly. Not the guy that's gonna go down the lane and dunk on someone, not the guy that's gonna take anyone off the bounce in like a crazy way. But the guy that will sit back because he knows the shot's gonna go weak side from the corner. He's the, the, he's the
0: best he's away. the best basketball player.
1: Yeah. His basketball IQ is like off the charts.
0: So to your question, was it about Dwight?
1: What what question? They, um, your
0: your your uh, statement after the first three weeks. Was it about Dwight or the Hawks?
1: Honestly, Dwight, because I'm in love with Dwight Howard and I don't know what's going on in my life.
0: He has that it right now. He's so fragile and with fragile guys, in my opinion, like those guys whose psyche goes up and down, up and down, up and down um, as opposed mm-hmm. to like a level-headed J.J. Redick or whatever. But like Dwight goes up and down, up and down and I think he has the right combination of people around him. I really think he can keep doing this.
1: He seems like evened out. He seems like he doesn't get too up. He doesn't get too down. He's just business. I don't know who put it in his mind, but it worked.
0: And it's incredible. And it's working. And whatever he's doing in Atlanta, he needs to keep it up because I love this as much as you love this. You mm-hmm. you texted me the other day about Dwight.
1: 100%. Because I said, dude, have you seen Dwight? Because this was after I just watched the full game of his.
0: And what was he like? Like I, I still haven't seen him.
1: You like he's just defending the rim, going up, offensive boards, alley oops. He's not wearing any shooting sleeves. He doesn't really smile, and he just the second he dunks it, the second his feet touch the floor, he's sprinting back on defense right away.
0: <laughs> and you just
1: recognize—you've never, never seen Dwight Howard do that ever.
0: No, I haven't.
1: Dwight Howard doesn't do that.
0: Not the Dwight I know. Wow. Okay, so I really I really like this Hawks team. I hated them. I hated on Truder, I didn't think they had enough at the point position. I'm starting to realize mm-hmm. that doesn't matter.
1: It really doesn't. Not, no, they not, can just play basketball. Not they on this basketball team? basketball players. They play basketball.
0: Yep, they play basketball. So uh, I'm back in on – I like the Hawks. I was wrong, completely wrong. Um, mm-hmm. What is your third point?
1: My third point is one of my most intriguing players in the NBA, Devin Booker. This oh. was – Originally written after he had the 38-39 back-to-back. And now if you look at his stats, he's averaging 20.2 points a game, three assists, three rebounds.
0: That sounds so mediocre. he's
1: 19 years old.
0: Yeah, that sounds mediocre though, right?
1: 19 years old playing 35 minutes a game.
0: That's a lot.
1: (laughs) That's a a lot of a lot of games. His, His career minutes per game is 28. So this kid's just been playing since he's been put in the league.
0: He's incredible. Um, what I'm looking up right now is his game log because you mm-hmm. know how you know how the stats show um, the averages. What they don't show,
1: yeah, no, you, you, you don't know the range of like his score.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to read just points: eighteen, then twenty-one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then seven, then in, inactive, then fifteen, and then. 38, 39, <laughs> 23, and then back to 11, 11, 19. So when we first tried to record this podcast, he had he was gone... going 38,
1: 39, and then he would have went 23 the next night.
0: <laughs> he was bawling.
1: He was red hot. And
0: I'm one of those guys that I've liked Devin Booker, so I'm going to be like a homer. I know you can go two ways on Booker, but... We're both the same way, so if you don't like them, Booker, skip like five minutes, whatever. I don't care about you. Hundred <laughs> um, percent, whatever. Screw you. Um, in the preseason, I texted you that I was watching a preseason game of the Suns for some reason, and Booker was like coming off pick and rolls and just shoot and just lights out. And I remember, and I remember thinking, like, you only get that unconscious ever if you feel like you're better than everybody else.
1: Yeah, you need to have that killer instinct to know that I'm gonna hit whatever shot I want. And right. That's when you're gonna shoot the way that he did.
0: Right. And his he was unbelievable for those couple nights. And I really want this to be the steady for him. I don't know if it you can-
1: want, like this like this should be what he needs to ride for the rest of the year in order to then make the turn to being that guy. Are
0: we looking at a at a really re- he's what 19 right now?
1: He's scary right now. I, we don't know where he can go because this is way too much upside for the beginning of some kid's career.
0: I I almost want to ask you the question. Are we looking at a younger Curry? I mean – Where he just changes – where he just starts to change how we think about shooters. Like he's at another are level. We now,
1: are we now going to be moving to like Curry-like shooting guards at six six?
0: <laughs> and is Booker going to be the next – like I'm going to start to put my name with like – Curry Thompson Booker in the three point records that they set every fucking year.
1: Yeah like he's just like the people that you see at the end of the year oh he broke his record of 600 he hit 800 this year oh sweet
0: <laughs> Yeah that's, gonna start
1: to be like that in four years
0: That's what I'm saying about Booker He's what did you say last time we recorded He's like a 2k player
1: He literally is your 2K player where in your first year you average like eight points per game because they start you off as a 55 overall. And then when you get enough coins you can up- upgrade yourself and then you become an eighty five and average twenty five again.
0: <laughs> just from downtown.
1: <laughs> Dude, he's gone from seven point eight points per game to twenty point two. Like what happened?
0: <laughs> he got a lot of he did a lot of practices in the offseason.
1: Apparently. Whatever he's doing, just like keep that one up.
0: I love him. I-, I think that the future of the United States point guard position is gonna go more to shooters and less to John Wall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, Booker and Curry. He might
1: be able to step in when he learns how to handle the ball better at that level.
0: The two best point guards in the league in three years could be Booker and Curry.
1: Yeah. And that's I a, can definitely agree with you on that.
0: That's a pretty specific type, wouldn't you say?
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. If you take a step back and look at that, you're like, wait, what's going on here? I feel like I, they're the only people who do this.
0: And I only say that because Westbrook's going to eventually become a two because he's too athletic.
1: Um... Uh, Westbrook's gonna switch to the three and just start taking off from the all, wing. All
0: right. So my third point, it's it's all um, the stats are gone. I'll throw them out the window, right? Because he's gone. He's gotten a little hot, but yeah. uh, but Clay Thompson is a talking point in the NBA.
1: He is. People are confused as to what he's doing.
0: What he's doing, where he's going. First question to you: Does he get moved?
1: That seems to be the name that people keep bringing up. But what would they move him for? Another big
0: rim protection, maybe.
1: Well, who could they get in return for Clay Thompson? Because know. Last, like, think about this time last year when he was basically carrying the Warriors in the finals, he was regarded as top five player in the NBA for yeah. the whole summer.
0: He won Game Six of the Western Conference Finals on Western his
1: own. By himself, Steph Curry didn't even walk in the door and lace him up.
0: Clay won it by himself. He went on and the now road. You look
1: at him, and he came out shooting that cold. The Warriors not having a Rocky start, I mean they're eight and two. So, yeah, so people are still unimpressed.
0: Then the stats have changed, but as of seven days ago, he was down to seventeen points per game on twenty percent from three. That's All right. Hang on one second. Let me just I'm going to Actually, we're good. I'll start at 10. 3 seconds. All uh, right. So my question to you basically about Clay Thompson. I know we got cut off there for a second. Sorry about that. I want to know the team was so good last year and he was one of the best players in the entire NBA. Is that mentally wearing on him now knowing that he has now been downgraded? Cuz Draymond's the dominant personality. He has that. Kevin Durant has the obvious best wing player. Like, he's just amazing. And then Steph has the point guard flair thing. Is Clay the odd man out? And is that bothering him? Is that why he's not shooting as well as he is?
1: I can honestly see that being a very big reason. I mean, all offseason, you just heard about Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. I mean, you see videos on Instagram of Draymond Green and Kevin Durant at a Travis Scott concert. Everyone's paying attention to this team. But you look at all these videos and all these media outlets, and Clay Thompson is nowhere to be found. I think that it is having an effect on him. He was happy. He had the best year of his career. He literally was the guy in Golden, Golden State. Everyone loved him. Everyone still loves him, but they just kind of feel bad for him.
0: He won game six of the Western Conference Finals on his own.
1: By himself. He set the record for points in a quarter.
0: It, and that was incredible. And it's like I, he now is – he doesn't really have that – like. He isn't the guy right now, even on the wing or with the ball. It just, it would. tell when
1: he even touches the ball, he doesn't have the same intent in his body language. He's just quick to give it up. He doesn't really seem like he's into it.
0: And, and I'm not, and I, and I said this before, and I, I'll say it again. It's like I'm not one of those guys who thinks Clay's ruined or Clay's getting treated or all this bullshit. And I don't even think it's going to show up. But I think, like when it when the when it comes down to it in the finals or the Western Conference Finals or whenever it really matters, you're going to start to see maybe a boil up of like maybe he's not happy where he is right now. Maybe he's not happy with the situation.
1: And then that's when he might request a trade.
0: Yeah, I mean, because he
1: he is the piece to get moved if Golden State wanted to move someone.
0: If they don't win the NBA title this year, they have to move Clay Thompson.
1: One hundred percent.
0: Cause it's gonna be because it's going to be because of that. You
1: can't lose Draymond Green because he's too much of a vocal leader. Obviously can't lose Kevin Durant. Obviously can't use, can't lose Steph Curry. Yeah. Odd man out. Someone's got to go.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be in that he's going to have to be the scapegoat if things don't go well, which sucks. But uh, I still think he's top 10 two-way players in the league.
1: He, he is the type of guy, though, that will leave Golden State and then thrive. He'll go James Harden.
0: Yeah. It. yeah. He'll be an MVP. Any PMB. team
1: he lands on, he'll go James Harden.
0: They'll be MVP candidate right off the bat. I agree. All right, uh, my fourth point: the Mavericks are awful. <laughs> Do you, they're two and seven. They're two and seven. Uh, we both went over in the preseason over unders out of respect for because, Dirk. Like,
1: I, Dirk's still there? It's the German man.
0: I, I was thinking Dirk, Carlisle. Like just respect them. Just go over. And but they
1: did not deserve any of that.
0: They're so like so you know. bad. They are so, so bad. bad. So I sent you a picture when we first did this of the at the moment. They have two wins now. But at the moment of our last podcast, they were one and five, and their only win came against the Bucks in an overtime game that finished eighty six to seventy five. A
1: Sunday four PM game. At the American Airlines Center,
0: <laughs> where where the Bucks got to overtime with seventy four points and then scored one point in overtime. <laughs> Dude, look at this!
1: The Bucks scored twelve points in the second quarter, and then the Dallas Mavs respond with a steaming twelve of their own in the third.
0: <laughs> that that had been their only win. They are now two and two and whatever the fuck they are. Hang on, two and two. seven, and I. I just want to ask you: are the, Did we give a team way too much respect just because? Because are they the worst team? That are they as bad as I think
1: they are? Dude, outside looking in, like I saw Twitter pictures before the season of like new look Dallas Mavs about to be a problem in the West. <laughs> I, hope I,
0: I, hope, I hope that guy doesn't have a job.
1: People I didn't know. I
0: hope that guy doesn't have a job.
1: Yeah, because whoever whoever started that little trend on Twitter was an idiot.
0: They are so bad. Um, I wanted to say there's no lineup, no five-man lineup that I could possibly find on Basketball Reference that had Dirk with a positive plus minus.
1: Oh, my God. Dirk's just like, please let me make it through the year and just be able to vacation in the summer.
0: Dirk better announce that he's retiring at the end of the year like Kobe did. Remember how bad Kobe was at the start last year?
1: Oh my God, Kobe was like, "I'm out." Like, are
0: you well, the I'm conversation like was like, "How bad is Kobe? How bad is Kobe? They suck." And then he announced his retirement, and then people started talking about like, "Hey, Kobe's last game in Utah." Instead of saying that he went two of eighteen,
1: Kobe had eighteen points in his last game on forty-four shots. <laughs> like, okay.
0: But yeah, so Dirk needs to announce his retirement now.
1: He needs to leave. I feel bad.
0: Oh. It's so gross and it's so pathetic.
1: It 100% is.
0: So you think they can be this bad for a long time?
1: No, they're stuck. Yeah, they're going to be here for a while.
0: Okay, so that's that's a sustainable
1: Derek, one. Derek only has to make it through, what, 70 more games? <laughs> 70 <laughs> more games. And then Dirk's out.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's a, that's one that did surprise That was kind of cheating because it did surprise us. But once you, it's one of those things that once you see it, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, you look at it and you're like, wait, this was the team we thought was going to perform? I never really broke down the roster. I'm like, okay, we got Harrison Barnes and Wes Matthews on the court. with Who's bringing the ball up? D. Will, oh, maybe?
0: Team's so bad. Dude, just move on. I'm going to throw up if I talk about the Mavericks anymore.
1: Hundred percent. So my fourth point, it was just gonna be about the Lakers and their home court advantage, but now it's just about the Lakers in general. The six and five right now, tied with the Oklahoma City Thunder, who's also on a four-game losing streak. We could talk about that for a second, but do you think that your hometown Lakers could actually stay in the playoff picture for the whole entire year?
0: All right, throw up. First of all, I'm gonna puke. Um, they may be where I live, but it's not my home. <laughs> Uh, the <laughs> still a Boston Celtics guys still don't like the Lakers. Um, I, I I lean towards the Clippers out here. Uh, the Lakers are fucking awesome. They are. They're so much
1: fun. To watch. They're like must watch TV when they play a National game. They're
0: fucking awesome. D'Angelo Russell is so much fun. Jordan Clarkson is that long athletic one that, like, you don't get it, why he's a one. Like, he floats to the rim and, like, will, like, get a round of defender and finger roll. And you're just like, that was a small forward.
1: Yeah, you're like, that's literally what LeBron or Giannis would be doing.
0: I know. He's a freak. And then you've got guys like Julius Randle who are just, like, bullish and fun as shit. And then
1: Luke... Larry Nates Jr. dunks from anywhere on the court. <laughs>
0: he puts that ball over his head and it's, like, 13 feet in the air. it. It's so dumb. Oh, I love him. I love him. I love this Lakers team. Luke Walton's the coolest dude. Did you see that video of him playing at practice the other day?
1: Dude, I literally was talking about it yesterday. I feel like they just run fives with the coaches every day.
0: Oh, they do. And they're sick, dude. They're so much fun. Oh, that's Think like any time they get out.
1: If they get one transition bucket, you know five more are coming, just as cool as the first one. I love they get this. Sparked team. up so quick. They're just a bunch of kids. They get hyped up,
0: and they're excited oh, to they're play. So the thing would about they, the thing about Luke them? Walton is they're excited to play.
1: They are no Kobe, no mean old Kobe, no mean old coaches. We got cool coach, like this, everyone's excited.
0: Nobody's nobody's expected to do anything.
1: Dude, if they won 20 games this year, they could probably get a parade through L.A. <laughs> they already have six.
0: I wrote last year about how Byron Scott should have won Coach of the Year for his ability to make everybody suck and get that draft pick.
1: I know, right? He was very talented. Man.
0: It's amazing. He got paid a lot of money to make sure the media was happy and his team stayed in the bottom three.
1: Yeah, it was honestly some money shit right there.
0: It was incredible. I, I wrote he should have won Coach of the Year and I'm sticking by that. But, but it put them in a perfect position this year for him to leave and to bring in a guy like Walton. It, it, I think that they are like upstairs boardroom scheming.
1: You think that everyone's just like all the pieces are slowly falling into place. That's what people really wanted.
0: It's been perfect. They've done a perfect rebuild.
1: Yeah, the Lakers, if you want to know how to rebuild the franchise, look at what the Lakers did the past four years.
0: It's been It's been amazing. It's been amazing. They've done a great job. And uh, the energy in that building is just the right energy.
1: Well, I mean, think about it, dude. I could agree with you about pulling strings from up top. I mean, think about the NBA, major market. You can't have a major market tanking. You can have Philly tanking for five years. You can't have the Lakers in the bottom of the league for five years. No, which is
0: why what they did last year with Byron Scott was so incredible.
1: Yeah, it's like he manipulated the whole entire outcome of eight steps further in the plan.
0: And and Kobe was like a pawn in the whole thing with the retirement thing, and that distracted and a Kobe lot of attention. He was a pawn,
1: but he also like just used a huge current of distraction, so everyone else could pull strings above.
0: It's incredible. It was a great, great, great job that they did, and uh, yeah. So vote works. I love the Lakers. I love this team.
1: Yeah, I do too. They're the l- most entertaining team to watch. What, I love
0: it. All right, let's get through these last two quick. I know we only said a half hour. We're getting close. So, what's your fifth one?
1: My fifth one is going to be just a question to you. What do you think about the standings of both conferences right, right now?
0: Uh, I think you switch the Bucks and the Pacers in the East, and you have your eight playoff teams.
1: In basically the same order, or you think the Cs move above an eight? Team? Oh,
0: no, I think that things move around, but I think that that's your eight teams.
1: So then we would have Cavs, Hawks, Raptors, Hornets, Bulls, Pacers, Pistons, Celtics. Leaving out the Knicks, Wizards, Heat, and everyone else is terrible.
0: Yeah, and then the Bucks as well.
1: Yeah, and the Bucks. Um. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Wizards or the Heat. It's kind of a big question mark to me. They both suck a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah. so I think that that's the East. And then let's look at the West. Um, I think that the West is right now exactly how the playoffs will end.
1: Uh, Clippers or... I think the big one is Lakers and Grizzlies. You think that the Lakers still make it in?
0: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think the Lakers are... It's Thunder, Lakers, Grizzlies for those last three. I think that's a a coin flip. I think you could take that either way. Um, If Mm -hmm. Westbrook gets hurt, then the Thunder are the worst team in the NBA.
1: By far. If
0: if, uh, the Grizzlies have the same injuries they had a couple years ago, then they are still down. I think the Lakers, for me, are the most steady team that I think out of those three can sustain it. And then I think the Thunder are the second most likely.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Lakers will – I could see the Lakers in the playoffs and then averaging maybe 70 points a game offensively (laughs) because they will all be too nervous.
0: Yeah. I think the top six is pretty set. Not in that order, but I think it's from – Jazz to –
1: Utah up to LA. Yeah. I can see that.
0: That's set. That's the top six. And then I think that you have the next three, and then I think you have the bottom tier.
1: How low do you think the Spurs could potentially float out of the top six? No three. lower than two?
0: Three. No lower than three. three. Yeah.
1: No lower than three?
0: No. Your one, two, three is Warriors, Clippers, Spurs.
1: Utah won't see over the five spot. No, the they, they,
0: they will not They will be
1: five or six. It'll no matter be, what.
0: It'll be Spurs uh, considerably above the Trailblazers, but considerably behind the top two.
1: And the top two will be Warriors, Clips.
0: Yep. And then I think the Spurs are clearly three. Blazers clearly four. Or actually no, Blazers Rockets can four five. Alright, man. Listen, we did it. we had a great fucking run. This was a lot of fun. Uh uh we had a couple hiccups. We got cut off a couple of times, but uh all in all, it's good to catch up with you in the NBA, man. Everything everything's is. everything's great. These the season's kicked off, everything's going great, and uh you know, I'm I'm looking forward. I'm gonna see you in a in a couple days, maybe what, ten days from now?
1: Yeah, whenever Thanksgiving is
0: so. <laughs> For the first time in a couple months, and then uh, I see you again on Christmas. But the NBA is something that's brought us together for a long time, and I really enjoy talking to you about this stuff. And, uh, you know, as always, go Celtics, but not on the air, right? <laughs>
1: no, no, never on the air. <laughs>